listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. I love music. I don't know if you've, I don't know, I mean, if you've been around, you, you know that uh, I love music. Not only worship music, but I just love music. My mom was a huge Elvis and Beatles fan, and uh, so I grew up on all of the cheesy Elvis movies. Like, anybody ever seen those? Like, yeah, those are, they're, I, I still like them. I'm not going to lie. They're awesome, and uh, they're not awesome, but they're awesome to me. So, <laughs> it's like, Elvis can't ever just play a musician. He's always like a mechanic who likes music or, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, uh, anyways, but uh, I love the old Elvis movies. I love Beatles, and, and uh, I grew up on all that stuff. My mom actually waited in line to see Elvis in his uh, in his coffin, I guess, at the viewing or whatever. She waited in line forever, and... And uh, so, anyways, he wasn't there. He's still alive, but, you know, (laughs) just kidding. Um, But I have this deep, deep uh, appreciation for music and always have had. And um, and it's just something in my genes, you know. When I was really young, I used to watch those VH1 behind the musics. Anybody ever seen those? Like... Oh my gosh, I loved hearing the stories of the songs and like what was going on behind the scenes when the music was created and stuff like that. And, and uh, I just loved it. And, and uh, like I've always been a person who wants to be on the cutting edge of music. You know, like I want to know about the band before the band is the band. You know what I mean? Like I want to know about the, the, the music that's going to strike, you know, before it strikes. And, and I've always been like that. I feel like there's like uh, a thrill in being the first person to know long before they reach success or whatever. And, and so um, before, we, before we had iPhones, um, we had uh, iPods. And, and this, was my, this was my second iPod. I actually can't find my, my first iPod, but this was given to me by some, I don't know what just happened. It just got dark. Okay, my iPod turned it off. That's right. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I hit the light button. <laughs> but, um, but this was my very first iPod. But before we even had iPods, um, I, I, th- this was my first iPod. Anybody recognize these? Right? So let's see. Right? Right? Who knows what I'm talking about? My wife hated this thing, right? When we first got married, we would go on trips and, and like I would make this be like down by her legs so that while we drove, so, well, well, I'm telling it this way, okay? So, <laughs> right, yes. So, uh, I, and I'd be like, I, I had this thing where I could never listen to the, the same album twice, like if I if I knew it or whatever. So, um, so she would constantly be having to change the CD and stuff like that. And man, does she hate this thing, like this thing. But there's, but there's good stuff in here. James Brown, Van Morrison. Um, what else? The Get Up Kids, Lemonheads, Police, all kinds of good stuff in here. But, um, but 
these CDs, these were very precious to me. Like, these, these, were, these were precious to me. When I was in high school, uh, I'm going to tell this even though we have a principal in the house. Um, I, when I was in high school, I, I used to leave school during school. Like, I, I had this class where I knew that I could get out and get back in time to the CD store, right? So on the days that CDs were released, I would actually leave school. I would go check in my class, sneak out the back door. Kids, if you're listening, don't do this, okay? It'll get you in trouble. You'll start doing crack, and it'll lead to, it'll lead to a bad, bad road. So don't, don't listen to me. So... But so I used to leave this class and go to the CD store, buy the latest CD like on release day. Like they would be pulling it out of the box like crisp, right? Like, you know, and then it, before it even hit the shelf, I would be there like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take that, right? And, uh, and so then I would grab it and, and listen to it on the way back to school and then get back in class and, and all was well. And, and, and so like that's how precious it was to me is like, but it wasn't actually the, the music itself. It was more the thrill of the chase. Does anybody get that? Like, it was more the thrill of the chase. Like, because lots of times, like, I would be so excited about chasing down this new music. And then I would get the CD, and it would kind of suck. And I would <laughs> be disappointed, right? Because I, like, made this huge effort to go get the CD, right? And, uh, and, but, but I couldn't admit that it was bad because I had already made this big effort, right? Does that make sense? It was like the thrill of the chase was really what I was after, right? And uh, I mean, now that we have streaming music, if you had told me back then that we would have access to thousands and thousands of artists, you know, on, on release day, on our phones, like back then, I would have been like, you are crazy, like what the heck, you know? But, but uh, that would be like a dream come true. And, uh, and I think that there's just something thrilling about the chase, uh, uh, the chasing of something new and, and, and being in on it, particularly at the ground level, right? I think there's something cool about that and, and it's exciting and a bit intoxicating. It's a bit like crack, right? And um, I'm gonna stop saying crack now. Um, but here's the thing, is like new isn't always better, right? New, like the new stuff isn't always better than the old stuff. Like our washing machine is probably 25 years old and it's still humming along. But we've, we've had newer washing machines that have, have like broken down and had all kinds of parts that need to fix and stuff like that. New isn't always better. I mean, keeping with the theme of music, the Red Hot Chili Peppers keep making records, right? <laughs> They keep making records, but honestly, they're not very good. And nothing they do will ever top Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I mean, Under the Bridge, come on. That was like the first song I learned on guitar, right? And because that record is tried and true, right? It's like we, uh, I know that that one is good. And just because they keep putting out records doesn't mean they're good, right? And, And sometimes the tried and true ways that have always been are just still the best, right? They're just still the best. And innovation is great, but the thing is, but the best things that don't need innovation because they're perfect just the way they are, 
The best things don't need innovation because they're perfect the way they are. Like the fork, for instance. When is the last time someone made a breakthrough in new fork technology? Right? The spork, no. No. That does not count. Because it's not good for either thing, really. Like, I mean, yeah, you have them both in one, but then you can't really do anything with them. Because there's, yeah... It's because the fork still works perfect to this day. It's tried and true, right? There's no new fork technology besides the spork, I guess. Um, uh, I think sometimes this can apply to our spiritual life, especially when things are hard, right? And, And when we feel troubled or enter panic mode. Is anybody familiar with panic mode? Man, am I familiar with panic mode. Um, It's easy to go searching for something new to help us feel more secure. Maybe it's like a podcast or a different preacher or a book or a strategy. But sometimes uh, we can get so caught up in the thrill of the chase of finding something new and being in on it at the ground level that we forget the tried and true way of Jesus, right? And um, so we've been in going through the book of John, and, and this is week 15. Is anybody tired of John yet? Yay! That was a trick question. Awesome. So we're in week 15, and, and we've started following the account of Jesus through the book of John back in December, and uh, we'll conclude just a little bit after Easter. Um, last week, though, the tone of the book of John made a shift, and we entered what's known as the farewell discourse, or as, as Tara said, the upper room discourse. And this section of John, uh, chapter 13 through 17, is where Jesus begins to make plain to his disciples what his whole ministry has been leading up to. And, and I love this section of, of John because it's just a beautiful, intimate time between Jesus and his disciples. And, and, and though this is a very personal time with his disciples, <clears throat> Jesus is thrown a lot at them in the last few chapters. Uh, you know, Tara If you missed last week's message, you have got to go back and listen to it. There's a lot of setup in the beginning, but I promise you she brings it home with like a sledgehammer. So anybody agree with that? Like go back. If you missed the podcast, if you missed the message, go to the podcast and listen to it. But, But Tara brought this whole message about how Jesus, by washing the disciples' feet, was reversing the trajectory of honor, right? It was the, the, t- Jesus who was the one who was supposed to receive honor, but he was giving honor to his disciples. And, and so there's that whole concept that they've just been uh, made aware of that Jesus wants them to follow in. He wants them to change their way and honor the lowly. And so, um, and so they've, they've found out this uh, concept. They found out that there's a traitor among them, right? Somebody who was a disciple. They found out that someone is going to be, betray Jesus. Um, he's given them a new commandment, right? He, he's given them a new commandment. Who knows what the new commandment is? Love your God with all your mind and heart and soul and love your neighbor. Right. Love each other as I have loved you, right? 
that's the new commandment, they found out that Peter is gonna deny Jesus three times with it before the sun rises. Like, and the most troubling, and, and the most troubling thing that they found out recently is that Jesus was gonna leave them. Like, they are troubled at this news. And, and the disciples, um, to say the least, are in panic mode <laughs> probably at this point. And Jesus knew this, and he could see that they were getting overwhelmed and couldn't see the forest for the trees. Like, the trees in front of them had just be gotten so big that they weren't able to see the whole picture of what was going on, and Jesus could see this on them. And so in chapter 14, he tells them to hold on to the basic truths of what he has taught them, right? Uh, he tells them, don't get lost. Hold on to what you know to be tried and true, right? And uh, so we're going to pick this up in John 14, verses 1 through 14, so I'm going to read this, uh, follow along if you, if you will. Um, so the, the disciples are troubled at all of this news, right? All of these revelations. And, and Jesus says to them, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so... Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can, you, how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. As I said, the, the disciples were greatly distressed, right? And, and I'm sure they felt disoriented by the magnitude of everything uh, Jesus was sharing with them. And Jesus sees this 
reminds them of the very basic truths. Believe in God. That's what all of this is about, is, is God having, having, being in right relationship with God. Believe also in me. I think this statement Jesus was asking the disciples to remember all the things that they knew to be true, all the tried and true things, all the things that were foundational to making them a Christ follower. How many times do you and I do this when we are in turmoil, remind ourselves of what we believe, right? what we know to be true, all the ways God has been faithful to us, all the ways that Jesus has been a friend to us. Jesus goes on in verse two and three to remind the disciples that he is trustworthy. He's trustworthy. He says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will make, I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Jesus reminds the disciples that he's never lied to them. And all the things he shared with them have come to pass, even if they didn't understand it at the time, which was most of the time, right? And Jesus sees that the the news of him leaving them has kind of pushed the disciples into full-on panic, but in his loving nature, he reminds them that not only is he trustworthy, but that he will not forget them when he goes to the Father, that he will come back to claim them, and they will be where he is forever, right? When I'm in panic mode, I don't know about you, but when I'm in panic mode, that's about the furthest thing from my mind. The loudest voices in my mind are the ones, the, the naysaying voices, the, the, the negative voices, not, say, not the voices saying, I'm not going to forget you. I haven't forgotten about you, Jason. I'm coming back for you. Just remember the basics. Remember what is tried and true about God. Remember what is tried and true about me. And uh, I love that moment Jesus shares with his disciples because it's just so gentle and personal. And he sees the distress in their faces and truly cares for them. He truly cares for them. Uh, I've said this before, but I think it's worthy of a reminder. There's a huge difference between knowing Jesus and just kind of knowing of Jesus, right? There's a difference between knowing Jesus personally and knowing of Jesus, right? Uh, Knowing of Jesus is that relationship that you know uh, is there, but it's not really important enough to cultivate, right? And it's, it's like the relationship you have with your mechanic, right? Uh, you, you, seriously, like, you, you go to them when you need something, right? You go to them when your car is in trouble, but you don't truly know them, right? You don't truly know them. You don't invite them over to your house for tea, right? I don't think mechanics drink tea, do they? 
probably beer, but I don't know. I'm about the furthest thing from a mechanic, so. Jeff, I'm just kidding. Um, you like tea? Okay, good, good, all right. Uh, so, like, you, you don't truly know your mechanic. You know of what they can do for you, right? You know of what they can do for you, and that's about all you're interested in, right? Truly knowing Jesus involves knowing his heart, right? Spending time with him for no other reason than you believe in him, right? Knowing that no matter how troubling what he tells you is, he's trustworthy and faithful, right? Knowing him means you have a personal friendship with Jesus. I know my friends, right? Uh, I don't, I, I, people I know of, I don't really know, but I, my friend Ray here, I've known him for a zillion years. I know he loves the Simpsons, right? I know he has a soft spot, soft spot for bootleg tapes of Star Wars, right? Like, I know Ray, right? I have a friendship with Ray. We're friends, right? And so knowing Jesus means having a personal friendship with him. Anything else is just knowing of Jesus. Do we know Jesus in the way we know our friends? Knowing Jesus is different than knowing of Jesus because there is a personal nature to the relationship you cultivate with him. After taking the time to comfort the disciples, Jesus says something that is meant to comfort them more, but just confounds them again, right? And in verse three and four, he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. You know the way where I'm going. And this frustrated the disciples even more because even though Jesus was speaking plainly, they didn't understand because they were hearing everything Jesus said through their grief of losing him, right? They were hearing everything through this filter of grief. And so in verse 5, Thomas speaks up and says the thing that's on everyone else's mind, right? He says, uh, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we even know the way, right? How do we know the way if we don't know where you're going? And Jesus replies with a simple but deeply profound statement in verse six. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? So Jesus has already told him he's going to be with his Father, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, for from now on you do know him and have seen him. The disciples were disoriented because all of the hard truths that had built up, Jesus had shared with them, they were missing what was right in front of them. We're missing what is right in front of him. And man, can I relate to that? It's so easy to miss what is right in front of you, especially when you're anxious, hurting, or in turmoil. It's so easy. 
to look past what we've known all along to be true for the thrill of the chase of something new. But new isn't always better. Jesus says he is the only way to the Father. Last week, Tara shared about the temple and how there was a curtain that only the high priest could go in once a year. That's why people refer to Jesus as the high priest sometimes, is because he's our way, he's our access point to the Father. Why is it that when we're looking to get closer to God, sometimes we will submit to anything else but Jesus, right? We will read books all day long about getting closer to God. We'll study theology. We'll listen to preachers and podcasts hoping for new revelation about God. But the one and only way to know God is to know Jesus. And the way of Jesus still works, right? There's no innovation that can take the place of Jesus. There's no book, no podcast. Jesus is the way. And the way still works. Side note, in verse 12 through 14, I I think knowing Jesus leads to Christ-like action. Knowing Jesus leads to Christ-like action. Verse, true, uh, verse 12 through 14, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. See, When we know Jesus, when we know the way of Jesus, when we believe the way of Jesus, when we remember the way of Jesus, we know, we follow the way, it leads us to the truth about Jesus and about God. And the truth of Jesus and God leads us to living the life of Jesus, right? That's why Jesus said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. The way has to come first. And when we live the life of Jesus, it leads us to Christ-like action. We act on behalf of the one we know, not the information that we've read. Does that make sense? Tracking with that? I want to just close with this story, and and this is kind of going to be a personal story for me, but I had had a moment a couple of weeks ago where I was reading um, a book about prayer, and all of a sudden, like, I began to panic almost about, like, I think maybe I've been praying wrong my whole life. (laughs) You know, have you ever had that moment, like, everything I knew is not true, you know, kind of thing. Like, and I was reading this moment 
uh, I was reading this book and, and, I, and I started to freak out a bit. And so I, I started to read everything I could get my hands on about prayer, every commentary, every book, uh, C.S. Lewis, you know, um, Eugene Peterson, every theologian that I trust, I started to read what they had to say about prayer. And you know what they had to say? Just, just pray. Just pray. Just block out the time and pray. Just do it, right? Just do it. And act on it, right? And so I think, I think sometimes we can overcomplicate our spiritual lives by seeking the new, the, the, the chase, the thrill of the chase of something profound, the thrill of the chase of, of new revelation when the old revelation is still as true today and is still tried and true today as it ever was. Because nothing is gonna change the fact that Jesus left his glory in heaven. He came from glory to the earth. Lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death. Was resurrected on the third day. Showed himself to his disciples. And was taken to heaven back to glory. And he promises he hasn't forgot about you and me. And he's coming back. And he is the way. There is no innovation. We just have to act on what we know. We have to act on who we know. Right? It's as simple as that. It's so simple and yet so profound. So as the worship team comes, I just want to, I want to pray over us now. Father God, Lord, it's, it's, a, it's a simple, simple word today, God, but I just believe, Lord, like that song says, God, high on surrender, Lord, God, let us surrender to your way the way that is tried and true. Father, Jesus, you are the way. We just confess right now with our lips that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Say that with me. You are the way, the truth, and the life. One more time. The way, the truth, and the life. You are Jesus. You are. Father, help us to trust what we already know. Lord, when we're in turmoil, when we're anxious, Lord, when we're in panic mode and we're questioning everything we know, Lord, thank you that you are kind and gentle and that you are personal and you can whisper, just remember, just remember, believe in God, believe also in me because I am the way. Father, thank you for your kindness. You're so good to us, Lord. Father, I thank you that you 
haven't forgotten about us. Lord, that you're going to bring us to your dwelling place in heaven and we will be with you. We will be where you are forever. And Lord, I just want to pray for those who don't know you, who don't know your son, or maybe they just know of you. pray that there would be radical Holy Spirit transformation in this place right now. Lord, I pray that you would tug on the heartstrings of everyone who needs you now. Lord, who doesn't know the way, who feels lost and confused. Lord, maybe they don't even know that they don't know. Lord, but I pray you bring revelation to them today, God. Father, I pray that there would be divine appointments in their life right now, God, that there would be breakthrough, that any barriers or oppression of the enemy, Lord, that it would be bound in the name of Jesus Christ and by the blood of the Lamb. Father, I pray for breakthrough. I pray for transformation. pray for people who have been believers for a long time but feel confused feel like they're lost in a fog God I pray that right now even even now like now you would break through the fog Lord that you would personally be present to wipe away and bring clarity Father, that you would reveal yourself as the way so that they may know the truth and live the life. believe we're in a holy moment now and uh, if you feel like praying with someone I'm just going to ask you to come to the come to the front during this next song and uh, I'm going to invite my my leaders to come forward to pray with people and I'll be available to pray as well and uh, just know that We're not just a church, we're a family. And so whatever struggle you're going through, it's our struggle too, because we're family. If you feel like maybe you've just known of Jesus and and you don't truly know him, man, we would love to pray for you, pray for breakthrough. So I'm not going to ask anybody to stand right now. I'm not going to ask anybody to, you know, raise their hand or whatever. Just if you want to pray with someone, just come forward, sit on the front seat, and and, and, uh, me or one of my leaders will come pray with you. 
So I want to call forward the ushers now as we pray over our tithes and offering. Father God, you've, you, the reason why we have breath in our lungs today, Lord, is because of you allowed it. The reason why we opened our eyes today is because of you. The roof over our heads is because of you. The food that we eat is because of you. Lord, remind us of everything we take for granted that is a gift from you. Lord, we give back a small portion of what you've given to us now. Lord, and, and you've given it freely, Lord, but we remind ourselves that everything we have comes from you. So we give back to you now what is already yours, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.